everyone. Welcome back to the Earth on Survival Guide, the podcast for all disciplines, paths, players, and game masters. With your questers, Josh and Dan, I am Dan. I am Josh. And on today's podcast, we will be discussing all things Thornicle and Highfalutin Part 2 as we talk about the Davinar Rennell, because we're going to talk about more elven culture. Uh, so if you have any questions for us or you want to hear less or more of the elven nations, please contact us at edsgpodcast at gmail.com. Actually, if you want to hear less, then don't send those in because we're going to go through them all anyway. Yes, you can just skip those episodes. They'll be confined to their own episode. You can just ignore us from here on out, uh, at least for those episodes. Join us for the other ones. We'd like to have you for those. So the Davinar Rennell. So any familiarity, Josh, with these with uh, the Davinar Rennell? Not really. I have not run a lot of Bloodwood-focused games and so aside from having run Heavy Metal Queen, that adventure that I mentioned back with the Karathaska Rennell a couple of weeks ago, yeah. I don't have a lot of strong impressions or familiarity with the Bloodwood culture at that kind of lower level of things. I worked on the book, so I have some kind yeah. of passing familiarity with it from there, but uh, unlike some other parts of Barsave, it's not quite at the top of my pile of lore knowledge. Elven politics, not your thing? They are my thing. <laughs> I just haven't had to access it quickly Fair. because I was running a game. Unlike, say, Thrall, which involves itself quite a bit more in games. So I will have that information more readily to hand. Fair. It's just that the, the blood wood, because it is sort of sequestered and off on its own, the yeah. political situation there does not tend to intrude so much on other parts of Barsave, except in the sense that it is just the blood wood. And so the individual yeah. Rennells, while that actually could provide some insight and complexity to stories that you are running that involve people from the wood it's not something that is high on my priority of keeping in readily accessible memory fair no my experience with the bloodwood was running mr betrayal and that was before any of these renells were written about so i'm a little i'm very rusty very yeah. very rusty i'm thinking now blood. given the the questions that we had last week about convention games and whatnot about the possibility yeah. of Maybe a, a a Bloodwood based campaign scenario or something, but I don't really know what kind of shape it would take. No, maybe that, as we continue to work through this series, I will come up with something. Well, something will gestate in your mind because we are. Uh, I think that would be great because, as we said, if you're going to run that convention campaign, run Earth Dawn. Don't just run a fantasy thing and have Earth on flavoring. Run it as Earth on. So Bloodwood is completely Earth on. Yes. By all means, hit that over the head. <laughs> Bludgeon them with the Bloodwood. I'm going to make that a phrase, and I don't know how or why. The drawback of the Bloodwood game is that unless you're doing an outsider's game where other folks are coming into the Bloodwood for some reason, you are limited in terms of the name giver races that you can use. Yeah, fair. You would need to develop your story with that in mind. Absolutely. And so, because of the complexity of the defenses around the edges of Bloodwood, it can be difficult for 
player character groups from outside to get in unless there are other arrangements made, as there are in Heavy Metal Queen. Totally. And, you know, we brought up the Karathaska Rennell, who does all the trading, and they go to, from Kara Eidolon into the Bloodwood, so perhaps they've got permission, don't know, to be on the, the, the sailboat to go up there. Who knows? It's an idea. It'll gestate. It'll, it'll germinate and go from there. So, back to the Davinar Rennell, now that we've killed five minutes of side talk. The Davinar Rennell is renowned as having the finest artisans and craftsmen in all of Bloodwood. And so if there's ever been a famous artist, likely it was a Davinar. And we're talking painters, sculptors, poets, songsmiths, troubadours, sculptors, you know, anybody who's involved in... Craftsmen of any sort. Yes, totally. Um, And they have been kind of involved in the Elven court as a consortus. I mean, they've been promoted long time ago. Queen Phyla, all the way up through now Queen Alakia. They've been there this entire time in the court, so they're very adept at it, to use a, a Earthon phrase. But they are not overt. What they do is they pretty much will be stoic in court. They don't necessarily express their opinions right then and there. They don't hasten their judgment. They don't uh, speak before they think. What they will do is they will provide any influence at all through their art and any artistic expression that they've got to say, because it's easier to assume or interpret this art and have them defend it than it is to just blurt out what you think and have leave no question for uh, any wiggle room. So they will use an, any kind of artistic expression, paintings, songs, limericks, who knows, to kind of state their political point to the queen, about the queen, whatever. But they will, their their craftsmanship pretty much extends to furniture, everyday cutlery, swords, statues, paintings, again, songs, poems, literature, so forth and so on. So that's, if you're going to use the David Arbonnell, remember that they are covering just about any aspect of art. Yes, and similar to the way that the Karathaska are renowned for their trade, the Davinar Rennell is mainly focused on art, but obviously they have other things that their lesser houses would be involved with in terms of what they do, in terms of day-to-day life and survival and food and all that sort of thing. One of the interesting notions that you could play with when it comes to the Davinar, because they are the preeminent artists and craftsmen within Bloodwood and the Elven Court, is the idea that if you are going back to their earliest origins, they would likely have been involved, at least to some extent, with defining elven art with defining what it means for crafts or things to be artistic. And I imagine that there was a portion of the Devanar, and this may be something that comes up later on when we get to talking about Shosara, Mm -hmm. but the difficulty, the conflict, that's not the word I'm looking for. Challenge? Controversy Ah, with the Shosaran vessels and how there was that idea that they were allowing their elven art to be 
tainted or corrupted by the influence of non-elves that were in the area that they lived. Yeah. That that is something that potentially could have been driven by members of the Davinar Rennell seeing it as some aspect of elven culture, you know, the, the art being important in that aspect of things. Yes. So the history of the Davinar, um, they've been very prominent at the elven court ever since the reign of Queen Phyla because she commissioned um, Teleria Davinar to craft the Rose Throne. And since that was the impressive piece of work, they were granted uh, consortus status at that point and have been there ever since. And there's usually between one and three Davinar on the consortus council. So it's, they are very prominent. So they will be, uh, at the moment, there's only one, we'll get to them in a minute. There's only one consortus from the Davinar Brunel at the uh, Elven court for Queen Alakia. But the important aspect that, that Josh was uh, alluding to is during the scourge, the artwork of the Davinars, all of it, the poems, the songs, the furniture, the everyday silverware, all of this stuff, probably even the fashion, who knows, um, helped kind of maintain morale during the long night. You know, 400 years of seeing the same thing every day and you couldn't go outside. You have something new and pretty to look at, even if it's an everyday object you kind of marvel at this is a beautifully made thing. And so that kind of takes your mind off of the, the dreariness of it's the same thing every day for 400 years. So the, the queen knew that the artwork would help with morale and you want to keep all your people happy during the scourge. So that's how they got promoted. That is definitely one aspect of it. Another thing to keep in mind along similar lines is the effect that the Davinar had after the Scourge, or more particularly after the Ritual of Thorns. Yes. Because of the despair and pain and darkness that gripped the elven court, that gripped the wood at that time, at the destruction and radical change that was taking place in the wood and elven culture that the art of the Davinar Rennell also helped people get through that, Mm -hmm. which if you want to think about it, really there's an opportunity there for the Davinar Rennell that while they rarely speak directly on their political beliefs and leanings and desires on things, Mm -hmm couch that often in their art, particularly sort of the the higher art and performance art, like songs and poetry and whatnot. Yeah. That is actually a very strong potential source of propaganda Mm -hmm. in terms of being able to shape and manipulate the opinions of... And the attitudes. Yeah, the opinions and the attitudes of the broader elven culture within the wood because of their loyalty to the throne, which is one of their other key aspects. Yes. They have the ability to shape and manipulate public opinion without necessarily being direct about it. 
because of their high status, because of the quality of their work, because their productions, whatever that might be, are in high regard and high demand, Mm -hmm. that is going to have a strong influence on the people that consume that media, that artwork. Yeah. That's the deal. (laughs) That's how it works. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is. Uh, they do have a couple of different, uh, a couple of quotes in the essay from the Elven Nations book that I absolutely loved because this Rennell absolutely detests the Therans because of their slavery, uh, the Therans' use of slavery. Uh, the quote from one of the Davinar in the past was each individual must be master of their own destiny. And so they have the right of, of individuality permeating their, uh, this Rennell throughout. However, it does come in contradiction with their absolute fealty to the queen. (laughs) So they are loyal and I can't say to a fault, but boy, oh boy, are they absolutely loyal to the queen period, but they still believe that everybody should be master of their own destiny. So it's, they're, they're treading a fine line between fealty to the queen yet individuality for all people. And they do mean all people. So that's how they hate the Therans. That's their justification for hating the Therans. Not that you need a lot, but, you know, there it is. And uh, the other one I find in the essay that I loved was the Thorns, in, the, the Dave and Arunel believe that the Thorns of the Ritual of Thorns enhanced elves as a collective poise and grace. The ritual has not marred them, but transformed them into something better. So the Dave and Arunel believe that the blood elves that actually have gone through the ritual of thorns and survived it are actually at a higher level or a higher plane, higher standing than the rest of the elven culture in and out of the bloodwood. Yeah. Another aspect of this position and broad philosophy of the Devanar is that they do not like the Karathaska. No. There is some pretty strong bad blood on their part with regards to the Karathaska, in part because the Karathaska Rennell kind of flaunt their position in Mm -hmm. a way. Again, the Karathaska, as we discussed in their episode a couple of weeks ago, are relatively speaking kind of newer on the political scene, but they also have that outside connection and contact and the mm-hmm. smuggling and other sort of black market stuff that they're involved with. Yes. The loyalists of the Devanar really see that behavior as treasonous, for lack of a better yes. term, that they are yes. disobeying the queen. They are taking advantage of her goodwill and the boons that she has granted through the royal patent that she has provided them. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be talking about political infighting while the Devanar are not going to be ones that you are likely to encounter outside of the wood. Typically any kind of political struggle or conflict involving the Karathaska is probably going to have the Devanar on the other side of that conflict in some capacity. Agreed. So yeah, it's definitely something to keep in mind. And while they do tend to not be overt in their political statements. They have no problem taking part in manipulation and 
the social game that they perhaps play better than anybody else. Yeah. When you've got a house, when you've got a group that has a lot of artists and probably troubadours and other such folks in there, there's going to be a very strong social game, especially among the higher echelons of the membership of the house. I can imagine fans of Game of Thrones and or previous players of like Vampire the Masquerade would absolutely enjoy a elven political <laughs> game setting for the Bloodwood. Yeah, there's certainly space in there for that to kind of come back to the weakness of the Bloodwood as a setting is its isolation and Fair. the presentation that it has presented in how difficult it is to get inside of it. Yeah. And that there is generally not a lot of opportunity for your standard Earth Dawn adventuring group to mm. really get involved in the deeper political machinations of the Elven Court. Agreed. As interesting as the insights provided by the original Bloodwood book and, and here Elven Nations, if you don't have a game that's going to be interacting with them, there's not really any need to know about any of this stuff. Exactly. To be fair, that is true of any other thing. If you're not going to be in involved Carafad. heavily in Carafad or Travar or, <laughs> yeah, you know, any kind of place <laughs> where you are going to be actually in that environment and needing to deal with those groups. Mm hmm. You don't need to know about the various noble houses necessarily of Iopos if you're not going to be dealing with them in Iopos, because for the yeah. most part, if you're going to be dealing with them outside, you are sort of dealing with them as a larger block and mainly the Denerastis in that case. Totally. You know, these are opportunities perhaps to provide some adventure ideas, provide a little bit more detail or depth to characters or situations that you have going mm -hmm. on in your game. Or at least think about something you hadn't thought about the first time and, you know, flesh out, broaden your horizons and go, okay, I've not run anything over there in a while, or let's go see what's over that hill. And so over that hill, uh, we have some people of note in the Dave and Arbonnell Two of them specifically we did last time as well. Um, but first, let's back up real quick. The Dave and Arbonnell, since we mentioned where the Carathaska exist, primarily in the Bloodwood, the Dave and Arbonnell pretty much live in the region known as the Seviana. It's a two-hour walk due east from the palace. Yeah, which, it's the name of the community that they live in. Yeah, and if it's a two-hour walk over uneven ground because it's all woods, so basically, what, two miles, maybe? Well, whatever. No. A couple of miles. It's a few miles from the palace, from the main heart of the court, but that is yeah. their base of operations. Now, because of the crafting abilities and whatnot, there are members of the Davinar Rennell that are found in other parts of the wood. I was just going to say. But their base of operations is essentially in the heart of the Elven court. Because their exactly. home, unlike yeah. the Carathaska, who while they do have a manor that is near the court, their base of operations is elsewhere in the wood. Yeah. The Davinar are basically, because of their 
prominence because of their relationship with the with the throne and all that other sort of thing basically live at court yes yes uh so Seviana is their ancestral home. They've been there forever, as far as they're concerned. Uh, and to Josh's point, you do find some more Davinar living in the northern reaches and some of the southern fringe as well, but, you know, scattered communities here and there, because that's where the artists like to do, is they like wander around, like I can't say, you know, traveling artists, one of those things. So that's where you will find them, in case you're looking at geography there. But the people of note, Terran Davinar is the current consortus, sorry, court consortus and current leader of the Rennell. Can't read my own handwriting. Uh, he is a fashionable yet underestimated politically active person because he is so fashionable. He's taken for a dandy or taken for somebody who's only interested in what he's wearing and, you know, making appearances look good, but he's actually very astute, very concerned with what is going on at court. And he doesn't mind being underestimated politically because he takes full advantage of that. He is, however, one of the strongest supporters of Alakia's isolationist policies. He um, only supports outside influence from uh, Syriathan or Shosaran envoys because Terran's a bit of a racist. He really, he really, he begrudgingly accepts that maybe the dwarves have something to teach the elves, but otherwise, no one else is really important because he views that elves are kind of at the top of the. Uh, pyramid hierarchy Terran is the embodiment in some ways of the elven courts snobbery snobbery yeah that's that's a really good <laughs> word for it we talked earlier about the idea of the davinar Rennell sort of defining elven culture from an artistic yeah. standpoint and seeing the influence of other name givers affecting the Shosarin vessels, for example, that whole underlying superiority and smugness that comes to mind when you think of the most conservative and loyal aspects of the Elven court, yeah. he is the epitome of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So whatever you're, th whatever snobbish, effete elves you're thinking of, this is this guy is it, and he was appointed. By Alakia as advisor on relations with outside nations. Yeah. Which is kind of a little jab at him as well. <laughs> so Alakia knows what I she's like doing. That. <laughs> you're, you're an Alakia fan. I know that. Um, and just so you think he's not exactly just a, a, a fashion hound, he is also trained as a troubadour. He follows the troubadour discipline, but he's kind of long out of diligent practice but he can still, you know, do what he needs to do when he needs to do it. So if you introduce him as a NPC or as a, uh, uh, someone that they're going to be involved with at all in any way, shape or form, remember, he's got those troubadour talents and the social skills and clearly the political maneuvering. So play him as an NPC, play him properly. Yeah, definitely a canny and cunning political operative who has a very specific agenda and that being the preservation of the purity of the wood and elven culture mm -hmm. his acceptance of envoys from shosara and seriatha is mainly to try and get those wayward nations back under the auspices of the queen mm -hmm. it is actually pointed out that while 
him being appointed as the consortis responsible for dealing with outside nations uh, seems to be a bit of a dig or a bit of a dark joke, perhaps, on Alakia's part. It actually yeah. does also help ensure that only the most devoted and dedicated of foreign mm-hmm. envoys will actually be able to make themselves known and present whatever offers they might wish to, to the queen, the court. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's not a, he, he's, uh, he's the one controlling the velvet rope in that case. Yes. <laughs> so they better be good. They better be, you know, impressive because he's, he's wants elves at the top of that pyramid looking down upon everybody else. The second person of note in the Davinar Renell is Baltana Davinar. This is an interesting character, and I, yeah. Baltana Davinar is a warden who has since been promoted to Exolasher, and Baltana Davinar is dual disciplined as a scout and an archer. So, very astute, very learned. However, in the course of their career uh, as a warden, they have begun to sympathize with the Seekers of the Heart and have made occasional trips to Care Eidolon. And thoughts on that, Josh? Yeah. While she is Davinar, she trained with the Telshara Rinnell, which are best known for providing wardens and exolashers to mm-hmm. the service of the wood, the military family, in a sense. Yeah. They're the ones that provide the military staff at Care Eidolon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by working with them and training with them, she has a different point of view. She has been exposed to outsiders and other thoughts and ideas in a way that other members of the Devanar probably have not. Yes. And by having visited and spent time at Eidolon and having enough curiosity and empathy mm-hmm. to listen to others and to consider what they are saying, yeah, she finds that she agrees with many of the points that the Seekers of the Heart raise. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she actually, for the first time in her life, questioned the leadership of Queen Alakia and has now sworn fealty or sworn allegiance to the Seekers of the Heart, and she's now a spy for them yeah. inside the court. So I think this is the, the better character to use to introduce people to the Bloodwood if you're going to use the David Arbonnell at all, because she does act as consortis. Uh, sorry, she's a bodyguard for some of the consortis, because she's, again, trained as a scout and an archer and a, a warden and an exolaster. So she's the physical side of the David Arbonnell, whereas everyone else is primarily artists. And since she's a spy, you're going to watch political maneuvering happen with everybody she's interacting with and how they're going to, how that NPC would be playing that on behalf of the characters, occasionally looking like they're going to betray the characters, but still having to work within the court and around the court and subverting the court and, you know, information gathering, information disseminating, so forth and so on. So I think Baltana would be a far better character to use. Yeah, she's definitely someone that would be a contact for characters from outside the wood. Yeah. 
to deal with. The Exolashers, in case you weren't aware, are the Royal Guard. They're the highest ranking members of the defense force of the Bloodwood. Yeah. So they don't have a lot of political power, but they are close to the halls of power and consequently have access to a lot of information and have earned a lot of trust yes. and are often bodyguards for any high-ranking nobles or members of the various Rennells or members of the court as they may go about their business. Absolutely. So the uh, you brought up something earlier about uh, Taryn. The current activities of Taryn is he is absolutely trying to find solid proof of the Carathaska Rennell's involvement about smuggling from the outside, anybody outside the Bloodwood. And he wants enough evidence that even Alakia will finally banish them from the court, if not do something uh, worse than that. Yeah. So you've got three things going on there. Taryn doing his part, uh, Baltana doing her part, and then of course, trying to subvert the other, this is the political maneuvering we were talking about earlier. So it's all backstabbing and all that fun stuff. Good stuff. So any final thoughts on the Dave and R. Rennell? No, I think we've covered everything that uh, we needed to cover here. They are perhaps not as prominent as say the Karathaska or the Telshara. Easy in. Yeah. They're not easy as in. Yeah. As easy and in. There we go. Right. So there's there's that. Um, it's good to have them there. They are sort of the conservative, loyalist, hardliners, broadly speaking. Yeah. You've got individuals like Beltana that are kind of straying away from that, although not being necessarily open about their sympathies and doubts about everything that's going on. The big part of it, and this is something that is likely a sticking point, is that Beltana has been to Eidolon and has seen how that community works. Yes. The cooperation between the Blood Elves, the Tuscrang, and other name givers, particularly unprotected elves, as they call them, uh, within that community and making it work. Recognition of the strength that can be found in diversity and working together, as opposed to being uh, isolationist and snobby about elf stuff. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. All right. So, folks, uh, that'll do it for the Dave and Arbonnell. If you have any questions for us, please drop us a line at edsgpodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, go bludgeon them with a bloodwood for your legend. Good night, everybody. It was a horrible line, I know.